Good morning, everyone. It's good to be back here um, to worship you with you in person. Uh, actually, I miss, I really miss uh, being here and so glad uh, to be back and it's good to see you all. Thank God for his uh, protection and care uh, to all of us. Uh, yeah, a lot has happened since I last uh, spoke to you. I preached uh, last year actually, but uh, via online. And um, since last year uh, to the present, as was mentioned, I retired from uh, Asian Theological Seminary and um, have just started my presidency at Phoebus College of Bible. So I bring greetings not just from uh, my family, but also uh, from Phoebus College of Bible as well. Now, we continue with our series of messages on a number of key passages from Isaiah. Isaiah is one of Israel's major uh, prophets. I entitled our message, True and False Help, and I'm basing it from Isaiah 31. As was read uh, before us, actually the passage is a warning on trusting the nations. And, you know, one of the things this pandemic has taught us is to trust God fully, isn't it? To trust God fully and to hold things lightly. I remember for my wife Caroline and myself, that was something that we really felt, you know, back in 2020 up to 2021. And uh, the sense of traveling light, you know, that uh, we had to do some sort of house cleaning and sort of house clearing to, uh, to, sort, of, to sort what we really need in terms of what are essentials, but also to let go of the non-essentials and to even go beyond ourselves and share with others uh, what we had. I remember uh, Charles Swindoll, he had this conversation with Corrie ten Boom. You know, Corrie ten Boom, uh, for others who are not familiar, she's a well-known Christian, and she, she was she and her family actually helped to save Jews during the time of Hitler. And she survived, actually. The, you know, she was among with the Jews. She um, was jailed and experienced this terrible, terrible uh, persecution from, from Hitler. And she told Charles Swindoll in her broken English, she said, Chuck, I've learned that we must hold everything loosely because when I grip tightly, when I grip it tightly, it hurts back. When the father pries my fingers and takes it from me. Now, in God's providence, the pandemic enabled us to pause and also to uh, evaluate what really matters. It also has helped us to view things from the wider perspective that, you know, material things are good, yeah, even important, but they are not ultimately important. 
because they are temporary. I hope we will not miss that lesson from this pandemic. This actually leads us to our meditation this morning. The passage that was assigned to me, Isaiah 31. So if you have your Bibles with you, whether printed or through your devices, continue uh, with that passage before you as we meditate on what I said as the theme, true and false options or choices for help. Now, the nations, in this case, you know, we mentioned about a warning against trusting the nations. The nations here in Isaiah 31 were the, the empires of Egypt and Assyria. And according to Isaiah, they offer false help. And Egypt is a very unreliable ally. And Assyria, together with Assyria, Assyria's days are numbered according to verses 8 and 9. So that the only true hope is the Lord. Yahweh will fight the battle for Israel from Mount Zion. We see that in verses 4 and 5. Then Isaiah declares, return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. For this is the single most important requirement for true help and deliverance. So what's the big idea for Isaiah uh, 31? What is the word of God for you and me based on this passage? Now, God's word for you and me is simply what we began as the title for this sort of title for this message, Trust God for Guidance and Help. Trust God for Guidance and Help. Now, you might be thinking this is a very common uh, theme. It's a very common word. And having heard it, quite a number of times, you might think, I don't need this word. But really at the very heart of this simple message, the question continues to ring in our hearts. You know, whether you're a student, whether you're a parent, a professional, a business person, the question rings true to our hearts. Do we really trust God? Do we really trust the Lord's guidance and trust His help? Let us pause for prayer. Lord, come to our aid even now as we listen to your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In the earlier verses, we are told that Israel was following the way of the nations. Israel was following the way of the world. And this was not how God intended it to be. Israel belongs to the Lord. And as the people of God, they are to be allied to the nations and different from the pagan nations surrounding them. Based on Isaiah 31, Israel was being threatened by the Assyrian forces. But what was their first resort, their first thought was to scheme their way out of trouble. 
Instead of turning to the Lord for guidance as the first thing to do, they turned to Egypt. They turned to Egypt for assurance, for protection against the Assyrian forces. They went down to Egypt for help. That's the uh, phrase that was dominant uh, theme. They relied on their horses. They relied on their chariots, their horsemen. They do not look to the Holy One of Israel. That's another theme in Isaiah. God as the Holy One of Israel. They did not seek help from the Lord. Now, let me expound on the phrase, they, you know, going down to help, to Egypt for help. Now, the word help is crucial in this passage. Actually, it's mentioned five times in the passage. Israel must learn to distinguish true help from false help. Notice the word Egypt, going down to Egypt for help. What comes to your mind when Egypt is mentioned? You know, what's, what is Egypt associated with in the Old Testament? It's the Exodus, right? Uh, the experience of exiting from um, Egypt is what uh, the Exodus, the book of Exodus is about. It was Israel's journey out of slavery from the Egyptians. Actually, Israel was established as a nation through the Exodus, and it was set in the context of Egypt as the military power, the enslaving power. In Isaiah 31, Egypt, however, just referred to political power and military might. It also represents Israel's old life. The old life of Israel being enslaved uh, under slavery from the Egyptians. So for us, it represents the same. It represents our old life of slavery to sin, to, to Satan, and to the powers of this world. Now, notice the term, uh, go down to Egypt. The words go down. Going back to their old life, was not an instant decision. It's not like, you know, instant communication by a phone message or a text message or even a, a plane ride. In those days, it meant sending messengers that would take a few months just to travel and then several months uh, back and forth. So it's like saying when we backslide, it does not happen overnight. It's a series of going down. It consists of cumulative decisions that took place over time. For Israel to go down to Egypt was a conscious, intentional effort to turn back to their old life and to trust the way of the pagan nations. Consequently, the word of God to Judah through the prophet Isaiah was quite strong and clear. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is false help. And this would only lead to destruction. 
It's no longer the Lord who was in the driver's seat, but the old self. The only true God was replaced by another, and Israel's allegiance, you know, that's a key salvation in the Old Testament. It really tied up with allegiance, loyalty to the one true God, and not in people or the pagan nations and their gods. In other words, Israel was committing what? Idolatry, which was mentioned later in the passage. Idolatry, when we do that, we become actually wicked, unrighteous, and unjust. In the Old Testament, this is also the message of the prophets. Idolatry and unrighteousness and injustice, they go together. Now, I believe it's no accident that we're dealing with this passage and this preaching topic this morning about true and false help. Because there is no in-between with respect to being the people of God. And perhaps you're at a point where you're being tested or tempted at this point in your own life to turn back to your old life and to resort to false help. Perhaps you're facing a crisis now and Somehow, Satan is telling you, you know, uh, keep going down. You know. Keep deciding and choosing what's wrong. Just do what you've been doing before. Go down to Egypt. There's help and solutions there. Yet right in the middle of this crisis, there's an invitation to God. False help, true help, where do you stand? Where do, we, where do you stand? Where are you making uh, a stand in these choices before you? Who do you really belong to? Do you belong to the Lord or do you belong to your old life? Let's not keep changing colors, you know. There's no in-between. Let's not keep changing colors when the going gets tough, right? Some of you have seen the lizard, you know, it's quite familiar to many, the chameleon, right? The chameleons, are, they quickly change colors. And when the background changes, they have this ability to change colors as the background changes. They develop spots and streaks that seem to be part of the background, but actually that's them changing colors. They can turn green, gray, or brown if they're standing on a green, gray, or brown background. Friends, those of us who love the Lord should show our true colors. Let others know we belong to the Lord. And do not be like the chameleon who changes colors with its surroundings. And if you, have, uh, if you are, you, if you have to be with unbelievers who worship money and worship things and 
with materialism and consumerism around us, so pervasive. For them, that's the bottom line. Show your true colors. Do not be like them. Do not act as they do and do not practice the wrong they do. Let others know that you and I are different because we have new life. We have been called by the one true God, the Holy One of Israel. The alternative to this, the alternative to Egypt is the Lord, Yahweh. Trusting the Lord is the way of faith, God's way. For God is wise and powerful over against the nations. Instead of going down to Egypt, the Lord will rise up against the empires of Assyria and Egypt, and they will go down together. They will perish. And the picture of a, an eagle, a bird, as well as a lion, shown in these verses, particularly 4 to 5. So like a lion, God will roar and fight the battle for Jerusalem. Like an eagle, a bird, God will deliver and protect and rescue Judah over his enemies. God is wise. And that was mentioned also, verse 2 or 3, you know. God is wise and almighty. It's in verses 3 and 4 as well as in verse 9. God's wisdom and power can be trusted. Now, I love the fact that it's mentioned the wisdom of God. You know, not just the power of God. The wisdom of God is actually related to verse 2, what I mentioned about a key theme in Isaiah, that God is the Holy One of Israel. Holy is the Lord. Now, holy means totally different, you know, totally other. So, what holy points to with respect to God's character is that God being holy, the Holy One of Israel, is totally different from what our minds and our thoughts can imagine what Israel could long for. Isaiah 55 puts it this way, God's ways are higher than our ways. That's the wisdom of God. We only see with a limited perspective, you know, but God in his wisdom looks beyond that. Now, nowadays we hear a lot of people say, if God is all-powerful, why is there evil in the world? Right? But often the wisdom of God is skipped in the process. It leaves, it leaves only the omnipotence or the all-powerful nature of God as the one that's highlighted. Yes, God is all-powerful. Yet, yes, God is almighty and nothing is impossible with God. But God is also wise and holy. God is totally other. And so the fact that Israel is under threat and under testing is part of the wise dealings of God with Israel. It was a test of whether Israel would trust the nations. It's a test of where their ultimate security lies. 
Now, this is something we continue to ponder and reflect on. Too often, we focus on the fact that God is all-powerful without recognizing first the wisdom of God in all that's happening in our lives. When confronted with trouble, the question is, do you seek God for wisdom? Do you inquire of God and His plans for you rather than just asking God to act in a powerful way? Do you inquire of the Lord's plans for you instead of just wanting God to fulfill your wishes? Perhaps, perhaps God in His wisdom is allowing particular threats and trials in your life, in our lives, to expose our vulnerability and weaknesses so that we may turn to Him for wisdom, for guidance, and help. Now, Israel would like to avoid the power of Assyria. They would not accept the threat of Assyria as God's way of exposing their weakness and their vulnerability, so they want to scheme their way out of trouble. Now, the same challenge goes to all of us, the people of God. And the challenge is to allow the wisdom and the holiness of God to work through the testing and the trials we go through, to expose our weakness for God so that, as Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. That God's grace is sufficient when we are in need, when we are weak and vulnerable. For when we are weak and vulnerable and we trust God, then we become fearless. In the second century, a Christian was brought before a, a pagan ruler. And the king told him to renounce his faith. He said, if you don't do it, I will banish you. The man smiled and answered, he said, you can't banish me from Christ, for Christ says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. To this, the king angrily said, then I will confiscate your property. I will take away all your possessions. Again, the man smiled and said, my treasures are all laid up high on high. You cannot get them. You cannot get them. The king became furious, you know, and he retorted and shouted, I will kill you. Why? The man answered. I have been dead 40 years. I have been dead with Christ and dead to the world. My life is hidden with Christ in God, and you cannot touch it. In desperation, the king turned to his advisors and said, what can you do with this diehard fanatic? You know, this 
courageous faith. This fearless man knew what it means to have true deliverance. Fearless, because he knows where he draws his security and his strength. Now, the way back to buying into false help is to return to the Lord, our first love, and to reject our idols, detaching our loyalties and our affections from these things that we hold dear. Return to the Lord. For me, return to the Lord recalls Revelation 2, which says, remember your first love. Verse 5 of Revelation 2 says, Remember therefore where you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. So three R's. The first prescription is remember. Remember your first love. And the verb here is continuous. Keep remembering your first love. Keep returning to God's love for you. Be in awe and in wonder of the great love God has for you. So this would mean what? Being intentional about it. That you should allow yourself intentional time as a church, as a family, and individually to recount what we're thankful to God for, to recount the goodness of God, to recount how great God's love is for each one of us. To praise Him, not just with your lips, but to praise Him from the heart. That's the path to renewal. The next prescription is what? Repent. This indicates a sharp break from evil. So perhaps... Why you're abandoning the Lord, your first love, is because you have got into entanglements with evil. You're choosing evil instead of doing what is right. You had it backwards. The Bible says, hate evil and love, do what is right. You had it backwards. You're loving evil and hating what is right. Friends, are you on your way to a moral failure? Are you going down the way of turning your back to the Lord? God is saying to you, stop. Break away from such life. Just stop. You're ruining your life in the process. Come back. Come back. Is it about dishonesty? Is it about lying? Is it about cheating? Cheating people? You know, cheating about your, your taxes? Cheating on your wife? Your husband? Is it an affair? 
Is anger ruining your life? Or is it pornography? Is it injustice the way you dare? You deal with your workers in office or in your business? Stop. Just stop. Come back to your first love. For only this way leads to fullness of life and fulfillment. Return to Yahweh. Remember your first love. Tell God you're sorry and you're coming home. And be more intentional. Becoming closer to God each day. The final R is repeat. Repeat the works of love that were do you were doing before. Show your love for God and others in action, not just words and talk. 1 John 3.18 says, My children, our love should not just be by words or talk. It must be through actions, through love, which shows itself in action. The path to renewal is just by repeating what you were doing before, helping people. You know? Don't be absorbed with just yourself. Be kind, be just. Just do it. You have done it before. Do the works of love again. When you return home to the Lord, as expressed in Revelations 2, our hearts are renewed. And we're back in the right direction, trusting in God for his guidance and his power to lead us. So friends, God's sword gives us two options for help, two options for deliverance. One is false and the other true. Instead of putting your allegiance in people, instead of putting your allegiance in material things, Show your true colors. Show your true colors by putting your allegiance truly in the Holy One of Israel, the Lord who has delivered you. Let's return to the Lord and remember our first love. When we do this, when we do this, we become fearless. We become fearless. As Charles, Par uh, as Charles Spargeon puts it, here's a quote from him, was there ever a better reason given under heaven for being fearless than this? What's the only reason for being fearless? God. God is with us. He's our security. Because the creator of the universe the Holy One of Israel is with us. And as God's word says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. May it be so, brothers and sisters. May it be so. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.